Turn with me this morning to the Gospel of Matthew, and, and we're just going to take this as a, uh, a springboard to, to where we're headed. And uh, I look over the congregation this morning, and I see people that I haven't seen for a while, and, and I just, yeah, uh, I, you're one of them I had in mind. Somebody waving at me back there. So good to be in the house of the Lord, and we love you so much. I tell you what, you, uh, I know you love people. I, I know you do, but sometimes I think if you haven't been in the shoes of the pastor trying to lead, you just, you just don't understand the, the depth of love that, that we feel for you, and uh, and when pastor says that, let me tell you something, it is not something light. It's not something light. But uh, we love you, and we appreciate you. And this ministry wouldn't go on without you. Do you know that? It wouldn't go on without you. I think I told you the Gospel of Matthew, and I didn't tell you what chapter, did I? Turn to chapter 7. And I'm going to start reading at verse number 24, chapter 7, verse number 24. And uh, we're going to start with the words of Jesus this morning. I can't think of a better place to start. But we're going to proceed quickly to look at some other, some other things from Scripture. So let's, let's look at Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse number 24, and I love this passage of Scripture. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I was raised in church. I was raised in Sunday school and one of the first little songs that we ever learned, that I ever learned, was the, the wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rains came tumbling down. Sharon's down here doing this, just the rains came tumbling down. And I don't know how many times I've read that passage of Scripture, and every time I read it, I think how important it is for us to get into the Word of God, to get into the Scripture. I want to talk to you this morning about following the instructions. Do you remember when you were transitioning from early childhood to adolescence? You didn't want to be that kid anymore you felt like you were growing up 
Your, your appetites hadn't, hadn't quite changed. You weren't quite there yet. You, you, you still wanted in some ways to be, to be a child, but, but oh, you wanted to grow up. You wanted to grow up. Do you remember when you used to say, when I grow up, I won't have problems like I have now. I don't. I don't have problems like I had. I have bigger problems than, than what I had then. But, but I, 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 remember, I remember that transition stage. And, and I remember specifically that Christmas. Don was still a kid. But I was growing up. And Don had a list of toys that he wanted. Mom and Dad had asked us what we wanted for Christmas. And and Don had a list of toys. I don't remember what it was. But I'm sure it was childish things because he was still a kid. And and I, I told him, no, I don't want toys. I want model airplanes. And, and I remember mom and daddy coming to me. I remember mother specifically more than once coming to me, to me and saying, are you sure you don't want a toy of some kind to play? Are you? No. I'm growing up. I want something that's a little more mature. I want model airplanes. So they took me at my word. And, and I got several boxes of plastic model airplanes to assemble that now it really wasn't all model airplanes but it was model flying machines okay because one of them was a blimp and this is where in our story we we take a turn okay you know some some people some kids some some teenagers some adults are always good at following directions, following the instructions. But I, I was kind of like some other people I've known through the years that, that reminded me of an old Ford commercial, and I always had a better idea. So that Christmas morning came and we opened all of these packages and, and here were all these model airplanes and this, this model blimp that, that mom and dad had, had bought for me. And I opened it up and I looked at it and there was those two big halves of, of, of the large part of the, uh, the blimp that, that is called the envelope. For those of you that, that don't know, it's called an envelope. And there was the, the gondola, that, the pieces of the gondola that would go together and, and, and put on the, uh, on the underside of the blimp. And I thought, this is a cinch. And so with, with speed, I threw the instructions aside, got out my tube of model airplane glue, and began to... Put the envelope together. And then I glued the pieces of the gondola together and stuck it on the underside of the blimp. And I began to work through the other pieces that were there. And I came to some clear plastic pieces that were to be the windows of the gondola. 
And they were molded in such a way that you couldn't get them in the windows. And I realized that they were supposed to have been glued in before the gondola was glued together and glued to the bottom of the blimp. And so now I've got these little pieces of plastic and no way to get them where they belong. There is a story that is told in our family because we knew the other family that this happened to. They had a little bitty boy that one day he was coming home and he needed desperately to go to the restroom. And he didn't realize that nobody else was home yet. And those that came with him were not at the door yet. And he went to the door and rattled the door trying to get in to get to the restroom. And when he couldn't get there, he said, oh no, what do I do now? That's the kind of shape that I was in when I had those model windows, those window panes in my hand. And I said, oops, oh no, what do I do now? What do I do now? So I did what I did a lot of times when I was in trouble. I went to dad. And dad, in no uncertain terms, told me that there is a reason that those things come with instructions and they follow a certain process step by step. And when you do it like it says, it works. It works. But can I tell you today that some people live their life that way? And they take the word of God and they say, I really don't, I'm a pretty smart person. I'm a pretty smart person. It, it, it reminds me of that guy on the, the Richardson Holmes commercial that says, I'm a smart guy. And I want to think, somebody needs to pin a badge on him or something. But I'm a smart guy. And I figured I can't do this. But some people think they're a smart guy and they can do it without any help. And so they take the word of God and they ignore it altogether or they lay it on a shelf and let it gather dust and they don't go to it and they don't read it and they don't realize that this is God's great instruction book for us. And that if we will follow it, it will give us guidance for our lives. Some famous people have said some wonderful things about the Bible. I have several of these down here. I'll only share a couple of them with you because I think they're so excellent. I found that Ronald Reagan said, Within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all of the problems men face. I, I not only like that, I agree with that. If we'll follow the word of God, the, the answers are here. The answers are here. I think my favorite quotation from famous people is from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great British preacher. And he said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. I really, really like that. <laughs> 
I like that. But the best things about the Bible are what the Bible says about itself. And one of my favorites is found in Psalm 19, verse number 10, where it says, More to be desired are they speaking of the words of God, the law of God, the judgments of God, the ordinances of God, the commandments of God. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey in the honeycomb. Let me tell you something, folks. When you become a student of the Word of God, you understand the words of the psalmist when he said, they're, they're, they're of greater value than the riches of this world, than the sweetness of this world. They're of greater value than all of these things. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And that means it's God-breathed from the very heart of God, from the very breath of God. The Word of God is God-breathed. No wonder it has the answers to all of men's problems. But the magnum opus of what the scripture has to say about itself is found in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the most unique chapter in all the Word of God. It's the longest psalm, but it's not only the longest psalm, it's the longest chapter in all of scripture. And, and you begin to read it, and you, it, it, this particular psalm goes on for page after page. It's, it's a long psalm. I, 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 if my memory serves me correctly, 175 verses. 175 verses. And it's, it's the only chapter, it's the only psalm, but it's also the only chapter in all of Scripture that is subdivided. I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I... Uh, I studied outlining in our English lessons, and I used to say in my spirit, and I probably said it out loud, this is the most worthless thing that anybody could ever have. Whoever would ever need to outline something? And I live by an outline. I'm up here this morning with a detailed outline. It's one, it's one of the skills that I, I've, I've most used over the years. And, and here the psalmist outlines Psalm 119. And for every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, he gives you a subdivision of, of this particular psalm. And every verse in Psalm 119 focuses on the Word of God. In the King James Version of Psalm 119, almost 10% of these verses, and it's 176, not 175, 176 verses, almost 10% of all of these verses, somewhere in the verse, use the phrase, according to. According to. And in, in places it'll say, according to thy word, do this. Or it will say, do this according to thy word. And almost 10% of these 176 verses have, have that phrase, according to. And when you take all of those particular verses and you begin to look at them together, you find that they fall into several major categories, several major divisions. 
I want to talk about those divisions. I, I want to talk about some of these psalms, but I want to talk about these divisions today. And the divisions are new life, new strength, new direction, and new hope. So let's, let's talk a little bit, first of all, about new life. The, the key word in, in all of these that have to do with new life, and let me, if you're, if you're taking notes, it's verse 25, verse 107, verse 149, verse 154, and verse 156. And, and every one of these uses the word quicken. Quicken. Quicken me according to your word. According to your word, quicken me. Somewhere in there, it uses that word quicken. And, and I looked up the word quicken. In the Hebrew, it means to cause to live, to make alive and whole. Barnes notes a, a, a commentary that I really enjoy from time to time. Barnes notes says it means to restore that which is decayed. And the psalmist says here, take your word, Lord. And take my life that is in a state of decay. Take my life that is in a state of death. Take my life that is not alive really, even though I may breathe and walk and, and go to work and go to school, even though I may do all of these things. Take my life that is really dead and make it alive. Make it alive. God's word declares that there is hope for us in the scripture. There are, there are so many of, of these verses that, that we could look at, but let me, let me give you just, just a couple of these things this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. New life has come into him. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. All things are become new. Most of you are aware that uh, about three months ago, I got, a, I got a new knee. Sometimes it doesn't like me very well. But I got it anyway, and I've got it now. Somebody told me just recently, you're the bionic man now. Well, six days, I'm not that fast, let me tell you. Six days before I got my new knee... My brother got a, a new knee. Same, same left leg. And that, I told him it was going to be one hairy three-legged race for him. But Donald, Donald got a new knee. And both, they put both of us on opioids. Boy, that's an ugly word, isn't it, in this, in this day that we live? They put both of us on opioids. And, and for days, Donald was just kind of in a malaise. He just—he was just kind of out there. He didn't—he didn't eat very much. He told me he lost twenty-five pounds. We saw him the other day. We can't find it, but that's what he said. Said so he lost twenty-five pounds, and 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 he he wasn't hungry, and he didn't want to eat. Nothing tasted good, and I had a lot the same experience with the uh, uh, with the painkillers that they had put me on. But Don said. One morning after a good night's sleep, he woke up and he said, Martin, all of those effects were gone. And he said, this, the sky was brighter. 
that, that every, everything looked better because all of that was out of my system. He said, I woke up hungry and I knew what he wanted to eat. And when I, when I ate it, he said it tasted good because it was just like all of that had gone away and new life had come into his body. Now, my, I didn't, I, I transitioned easier than that. I didn't, I just, suddenly I have an experience like that. But, but it, it, when, if you're in Christ, through the Word of God, as we follow the directions of the Word of God, we're new creatures. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Ephesians 2, 1 says, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. And the psalm says, Quicken me according to your word. The promise is here. What we need to know is here. Quicken me according to your word. When I was in elementary school, I remember studying about Ponce de Leon and his search for the fountain of youth. Let me tell you something. When it comes to these old bodies, they wear out. My grandmother when she was up in her 70s, she lived to be over 90, she said to me one day, you know, she said, Martin, our, our bodies are like old cars. They just wear out eventually. They wear out. Let me tell you something, folks. You're, you're going to wear out. If you, don't believe, if you don't believe it, just look at me. I'm, I'm wearing out. Okay. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 16 says, though, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. It is the promise of the Word of God that you may die outwardly. Your physical body may die. But I'm here to tell you that the, man, the spirit of man that gives himself over to the promises of the Word of God can be newly alive every day. Every day. So there is new life, and then there is new strength. Just a couple of verses here, verse number 28, verse number 116. And I really like verse number 28. It says, My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Melting depicts a gradual wasting away. And heaviness pictures grief and sorrow and vexation. Over the years, I've loved the study of the letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And one of those churches is the church at Smyrna. And Jesus told the people at Smyrna, I know your tribulation. You may not remember that right offhand, but if you'll go there and look at, look at that, he said, I know your tribulation. And, and the word, the Greek word for tribulation there is thlipsis, T-H-L-I-P-I-S, thlipsis. And thlipsis means to crush, to press together, to squash. It originally expressed sheer physical pressure on a man. And the commentator said it doesn't refer to minor inconveniences. Let me tell you something. We have a lot of people today 
that are crushed by minor inconveniences because they just let it overwhelm them. But he said, that's not, it, this doesn't talk about minor inconveniences, but real hardships. In fact, there, there was a method of execution where if a, if a man had been condemned to die in certain places, they would take a huge boulder and lay that boulder on a man's chest and leave it there until it literally crushed the life the breath out of his body, that is flipsis. Flipsis. You see, in a day of pandemic and quarantine, in a day of political lying and intrigue, in a day of philosophies and personal opinions that fly in the face of biblical truth, in a day of demonstrations that become riots, and on and on. These say satanic, and folks, they are. They are. These satanic pressures attempt to crush the life from the souls of God's people. But Scripture says that we can have strength according to His Word. We can resist, we can stand, we can endure according to his word. According to his word. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse number 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Let me tell you something. I can't stand on my own. I can't face these things on my own. But if I lean on the truth of the word of God, I can have strength to stand. So Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest within me. Folks, understand we are weak, but he is strong. And if we lean on him, if we go to the promises of his word, if we take him at his word, we can have the strength to stand. As a junior or senior in high school, examining colleges that I wanted to go to, mom and dad let me take out of school a couple of days to go to college days at Evangel College. At that time, it's, it's Evangel University now in Springfield, but it was Evangel College at that time. And, and I remember staying, and some of you won't even remember these days, but back then, the, the college was, was an old army hospital. And they had all of these long halls with rooms that had been used for uh, holding patients. And, and that's where the students were housed. And they were beginning a building project. And, and the man that was in charge of designing this was one of our speakers and our, our guides on this particular day. And he took us into the art studio. He was the, the art teacher there and as well as an architect. And he, he took us into the art studio where he was designing some of these new buildings that were getting ready to be constructed and, and eventually were constructed on campus. And he said, the method that we are going to use is that of hyperbolic paraboloid. 
Now, let me tell you something. I need help even spelling it. But he, he explained that a hyperbolic paraboloid is a method of construction that the more pressure you put on it, the stronger it becomes. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus is your hyperbolic paraboloid? And the more of the weakness and the pressure of your life that you put on him, the stronger he can be for you. Casting all of your care upon him for he careth for you. Put your pressures, put your weaknesses, put your struggles, put your hardships, put, put all of those things that you don't understand on him and say, Lord, I can't do it, but you can. Following God's word, Satan and circumstance cannot crush the life out of you if you will follow God's word. So there's new life. There is new strength. There is new directions. If you're writing down, it would be verse number 9, verse number 65, and verse number 169 in Psalm 119. Verse number 9 says, Wherewithal shall among a young man cleanse his way? How do I straighten out my life? How do I go in the right direction? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? And then the psalmist says, By taking, who, take, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. By taking heed according to thy word. Wherewithal is an exclamatory interrogative. How in the world am I going to do this? How am I going to manage this life? How am I going to go the right way? How am I going to find the right answers in this life? That, that's the kind of question that it is. How do I do this? Wherewithal? And the psalmist says, I do it by taking heed according to your word. The psalmist says, how do I cleanse my ways? The connotation of cleansing is, is a translucence. It's, it's glass. It's, it's, it's the type of life that says what you see is what you get. If you see me, I am what I am. I am what I am. I learned a long time ago. I can only be me. I can only be me. You see, David knew there was no place to hide from God. God can see you. It doesn't make any difference. God can see you. Psalm 139, verse number 8, If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I, if I make my bed in hell, you're there too, Lord. And then he goes on to give more, uh, more explanation and more places. Lord, if I went here, if I went there. But Lord, you are there. You see, David wanted his, his life to take the direction that pleased the Lord. Psalm 19, verse number 4, let the word, 14, verse number 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Lord, let my, let my life be what you want it to be. Let, let, let it be what you want it to be. So there was new life, there was new strength, there was new direction, there's new hope. In these new hope verses, and it's verse number 41, 58, 76, 90, 91, and 170. For those of you that are writing these down. What I see here is that your word says you will be merciful. 
I love the story of the suspect and the lawyer that were meeting together before they went before the judge. And the lawyer said to the, to the suspect in this crime, Shall I demand justice? And this prisoner looked at him in, in terror and said, Oh no, plead for mercy. Let me tell you something. When I stand before the Lord, I don't want justice. I want mercy. I want mercy. It's the only hope that we have of eternity is the mercy of God. The mercy of God. David in Psalm 119.58 said, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. I sought you with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. You see, for the psalmist, it was an all-or-nothing proposition. I read stuff like this, and I think my, my mind goes a lot to music. And I remember as a sophomore in high school, we performed the musical Oklahoma. And, and Will Parker and Ado Annie perform a song that says, With me it's all or nothing. Is it all or nothing with you? Let me tell you something. God says, with me it's all. He gave everything. He sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth upon him should, should have everlasting life and not come into condemnation. With God it was all. He took the most valuable thing of heaven, his only begotten son, sent him to earth to die a horrible death and to give his life for us. For people who were not worthy, who are not worthy. You see on Mount Carmel, Elijah challenged the people of Israel. Why, why halt you between two opinions? Why do you hold on to God Jehovah with one hand and hold on to your idols with the other hand? Why do you hold on to Jesus with one hand and hold on to the things of the world with one hand? Why do you halt? Why don't you give it all over to the Lord? And if you give it all over to the Lord, there, there will be mercy. You see, the prophet was calling for them to make up their mind one way or another. Live for God or don't. But don't be caught in the middle. The lukewarm church of Laodicea was spewed out of the mouth of, of Jesus because they wouldn't choose. They were living kind of a half-hearted life Oh, God, today, keep us from half-hearted Christianity. Keep us from half-hearted commitment. Live for the Lord with all of our hearts. God spoke through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, 13, and said, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. With all your heart. You see, God is still looking for people to serve him with all of their heart. And when we do, his mercy is always available according to his word. According to his word. So what do we take away from this? The first thing I want you to realize today that I want you to take away is you never go wrong when you follow the instructions. You never go wrong. When you follow the instructions. 
Secondly, when we follow God's word, Satan and circumstance can't crush out your life. Then you can't hide from God. So live in a way that when you stand before the Lord, you don't have to be ashamed. There are times that I pray, Lord, don't let me do anything that shames my wife, that shames my family, that shames this church, that shames my God. Lord, don't let me live in that way. I want to be able to stand before him and say, Lord, I... I lived, I received the promise of your word, and I lived for you the best I could. The best I could. And sometimes I blow it. But that's what I want. That's what I want. And the last thing is, let us determine to serve God with our whole heart. First chapter of Daniel, you'll read... That it says, and Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He purposed in his heart. He made up his mind. You'll never do it until you make up your mind. And Daniel made up his mind. Let's bow our heads together, shall we? Father, we stand before you. Realizing, Lord, every one of us are flawed. And every one of us from time to time make terrible mistakes. And we commit sin. It's, sometimes it's not mistakes. Sometimes it's just flat out sin, Lord. And I pray, Lord, today that more than ever before, we will become people of the Word. People, Lord, who realize that if we follow the instructions that you have given to us, that we may not be successful in this life, but we will be eternally successful. And I pray, Lord, today that you'll reach down and that you will touch us I pray, Lord, there will be a sensitivity in our hearts and our lives and that you will reach down and touch that place and we will make a new commitment to serving you according to your word. According to your word. Take us, O oh Lord, in what appears to be the last days, Take us, O oh Lord, and use us for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.